You guys ready to jump into the Word today? Anybody ready? Come on now. Woo! Hey, I just want to remind you, because it's been six months, at Radiate Church, we don't attend a funeral, we attend a celebration each and every week. So we bring the energy, we bring the funk, and we celebrate what God's doing in the house. So we're excited. Hey, we've been in this series called This Is Still Your Year for the past two weeks, um, as we've been preparing and getting ready for the public gatherings. I just want to say, you guys look great today. Man, you look great. Online, you're like, you can't see me. I just know, you look good with your bedhead and your, and your Fruit Loops in front of you. You look good. Uh, we've been in this series called It's Still Your Year because I just need to declare this because hopefully you've watched it, but maybe you haven't yet because you're going to go back and watch it. But um, I just want you to know 2020 is not wasted. It might be hard. It might be difficult, but it's not wasted. We can invest it and we can see something greater on the other side than we've, seen, than we've ever seen going in. And I don't know about you, but I'm just ready to declare that we're going to grow. We're going to be better than we ever thought we could be on the other side of this. Anybody with me this morning? Come on now. Y'all know, y'all know I like it with some response. So if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, I want you to entitle it this, Move With It. Move with it. Or you can, you can title it, Lean with it, Rock with it. Some of you get it. Some of you don't. If you don't, it's probably better that you don't. work. Lean with it, Rock with it. Move with it. You know what I've learned in, in 2020? You know what I've learned during this time? That uh, I know I say this a lot because I want people to really know that I'm not, like, perfect, and I don't have it all together, and I have my struggles. Um, and, and my neighbor is here today, and she would tell you that too. Um, but the, the truth is... I have my struggles and like, but I just want to tell you that if you know me, this is going to shock you. So just get ready. I'm an impatient person. I don't like, I know it's shocking. It's so, so shocking. I'm impatient. I don't like to wait on things. I don't like to wait on people, right? My wife, our biggest argument in life is this. We said we were leaving at 930. It is now 932 and you are still putting on your makeup. <laughs> like, I don't like waiting on things. I don't like waiting around. I don't like sitting still. And so what I do sometimes is when I get into a moment where I'm too comfortable or I've been in a place too long, if I get in a moment of un, uh, where I'm uncertain or I don't have much clarity in something, you know what I do? And I would present that most of you probably do this exact same thing. I'm not the only one in the room that does this. But I'll make a decision, right? And so you ever heard the phrase, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission? I live by that sometimes, and I probably shouldn't. Like, hey, babe, I'm going to play another nine holes. And she's like, wait a second, do what? You know, or whatever. I just make the decision, but then I go, all right, God, but in life I'll, I'll move and I'll do something. And then I'm like, hey, God, if you can make this a part of your will, that'd be great. Like, if you can make this a part of your plan, that would be awesome. But the problem is I haven't asked him if I should go there. I just go. And then I want him to pull me out of my mess. Anybody with me? And, and so I'll, I'll overspend on a budget. And then I'm like, hey, God, you said you're, a, you're the provider. If you could pull me out of my budget issue. And he goes, well, this is the 17th time this year. And uh, the problem is not the budget. The problem is not me pulling you out. The problem is you don't know how to keep within your means. Are you with me? And I'll just move and do things. And, and I'll, I, relationally, we do it, right? We just make a move relationally. We're like, she's hot. I don't care if she's a Christian. I can save her. It's called missionary dating. You know what I'm saying? 
And so we'll do this thing, and it's like, God, if you can make her a part of my, your plan for my life, that'd be great. And God's like, no, it doesn't work like that. You don't ask me to make something a part of my plan. I tell you the plan, and we move together. And so I, what I really want to talk about, we're going to be in Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapter 9 today. And what I really want to talk about is a lot of times we just need to learn it's not a matter of missing God, it's a matter of moving with God. And we're going to read several verses today, and, and, and I'm going to be real, I'm going to give you a thought into my head today. I'm going to give you access into my head and what I think about. When I wrote down the scriptures we were going to read, verses 15 through 23, I was like, man, that's a lot of scriptures. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And then I was like, no, why? The word of God is the way of life. It is life to us. It is bread of life. Maybe we need to read more scriptures rather than just read less scriptures and hope that maybe God illuminates something. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes one scripture speaks and sometimes an entire chapter speaks. You with me? And so we're going to read Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 through 23 today as we talk about this truth, this thought, is that without God in the mix, nothing can really be used for him anyway. God has to be in the mix. We have to move with God. So let's read this. Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 through 23. Are you still awake? All right, I see some people in the chat that are talking. I love it. Let's go. Now, on the day that the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle. I want to stop right there for a minute. Because there's some context we have to understand, some background we have to really understand there. So when it says in Numbers chapter 9, verse 15, we can overlook the fact that the, the tabernacle was erected, and then it says, and then the cloud of the Lord, or uh, then the, the, the cloud covered the tabernacle. Here's what that was. That was the presence of God. Here's the truth. Listen to me. When a tabernacle or a temple was erected, here's what the temple was. The temple was the literal place where God would invade so that heaven now intersects earth. It is the intersection or the crossroads where God is invading earth, where God is coming down and God is now visiting and inhabiting earth. Here's the thing. It's interesting to me that it wasn't a thing the cloud did not show up until when? The tabernacle was erected. Why? Because now he goes, I can invade there because that's where I intersect. Yet the Bible consistently tells us that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? So we have to be a place to where we live in such a way to where we are the intersection of heaven and earth at all times. And the question we have to ask ourselves is this, am I really the intersection of heaven and earth? Am I living in such a way that my body, my life, my being, who I am, my heart, my character, everything about me, am I living in such a way that heaven is now intersecting earth right here through me because I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not until the temple was finished and erected that the cloud covered it. Why? Because now God said, now I can intersect heaven and earth. And many of us, I believe what was really beginning to take place in our lives is we're not worried about becoming the temple. We're worried about God making us happy. Because being the temple means that I got to change some things and I got to have a holy of holies where only God is in, not Facebook. Come on, somebody. Y'all quit. Come on, talk to me. I got to have some places in my life where there's some priests that walk into that place and begin to talk to me. There's voices in my life that begin to correct me and call me up and help me out. There's places in my life. In order to be the temple, I've got to be a thing to where God can invade my life in such a way that heaven is now on earth through the temple, which is me. Are you following me today? And so we got to be at a place to where the cloud covers us. Let's keep going today. 
And it says, the tent of the testimony, and in the evening it was like the appearance of fire over the tabernacle until morning. So it was continuously, the cloud would cover it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, afterward the sons of Israel would then set out. And in the place where the cloud settled down, there the sons of Israel would camp. At the command of the Lord, the sons of Israel would set out, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud settled over the tabernacle, they remained camped. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the sons of Israel would keep the Lord's charge and not set out. If sometimes the cloud remained a few days over the tabernacle, according to the command of the Lord, they remained camped. Then, according to the command of the Lord, they set out. Common theme, according to the what? Command of the Lord. If sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning when the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would move out. Or if it remained in the daytime and at night, whenever the cloud was lifted, they would set out. Whether it was two days, get this, whether it was two days or a month or a year that the cloud lingered over the tabernacle, staying above it, the sons of Israel remained camped and did not set out. But when it was lifted, they did set out. At the command of the Lord, they camped. And at the command of the Lord, they set out. They kept the Lord's charge according to the command of the Lord through Moses. Man, there's so much depth in this thing. And so sometimes what we can hear is we hear the Israelites in the wilderness and all this stuff taking place, and they're just kind of like hanging out, and they're just kind of doing their thing, and they're just walking around this desert and all this stuff. But they, they are really literally constructing a portable temple. pretty portable in here, isn't it? But they constructed it so that it was a place where God could come and fill, so that they could meet with God where they were. And here's the truth, man. We've got to come to a place, if we're going to be the temple, if we're going to be the tabernacle of the Lord, if we're going to be the intersection of heaven and earth, if we're going to be the ones where God uses us to change kingdom on earth, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. If we're going to be that, we have to learn to stay when he's there and leave when he's not. We have to learn to know when the cloud is over us and when the cloud is lifted. If you pay attention to the wording, it says when, he, when the cloud was there, it didn't matter if it was a day, a month, a year, no matter how long it was, they never left. They never left. And so there's a few things we got to learn in this thing. There's a few things we got to learn in this thing. The first one is we got to learn sometimes to stay. We got to learn to set up camp where we're at. We got to learn that even when it's difficult, we still need to set up camp because the truth of the matter is is the bible says that one day in the presence of the lord is better than a thousand days anywhere else one day in his courts and so somebody like me it's a struggle i can't get in this thing it's a struggle can y'all see me can y'all see me it's a struggle for somebody like me to sit and go okay god I don't know what you're doing. I don't know when this season is over because as random and as energetic and as all these things that I am, 
The truth of the matter is, I still need to know when something's coming to an end. I still need to know a little bit of a plan. And so sometimes God's like, I need you to just sit in a season of being uncomfortable and not knowing what to do and not knowing what's going to happen because I need you to trust that my cloud is covering you. I need you to trust that my cloud is with you. I need you to be the tabernacle that is the intersection of heaven and earth instead of having everything figured out right now. Just sit in my presence. Sometimes it's all about, okay, I get to go to church at 11 o'clock, right? And so I'm here at 11, and, and, and worship's going to start at 11 on the dot. It's going to be about 10 minutes at 11.10, then pastor is going to come on, and he's going to welcome everybody, and all this stuff. And, and, and we miss worship. We miss his presence because we're more worried about when the next thing is coming. Or how about this? We miss the moment of provision in our job because we're more worried about getting to the next place in it. Or we miss enjoying our spouse because we're more worried about what are they going to do now. You following me? Sometimes we just got to sit. And here's the thing. Sometimes in leadership, you know what, I, you know what leadership is? Leadership, I'm going to fall. Leadership is leading people to make and making decisions. And sometimes, hear me, I don't know what to do in some calls. But every time I just sit and go, okay, God, you tell me when it's time and you tell me what to do. And in those moments, every time I see something miraculous take place because I'm sitting in his presence. We got to learn how to sit. We got to learn how to know this is where God's called me to be. This is what God's called me to do. And I will sit in your presence, God. I will sit where you are, God, because I love you enough to just be where you are. But here's the danger. Sometimes we can get so comfortable in this season. Sometimes we can get so comfortable in just sitting. Sometimes we can get so comfortable in being where God is that now we don't even get out and look around anymore. You ever just sat long? Some of, some of you young bucks in the room ain't going to know what I'm talking about. But when you just sit, you ever sat crisscross too long or something like that, and you go to stand up and your knees don't want to bend anymore? Anybody? Like, I, I'm at that age. I feel that, right? Or you, or you play golf and, and your back don't want to move anymore right afterwards or something like You know why? Because you've been, you've been sitting to you stove up. I call it being stove up. You're, you're sore. You're just stiff. Here's the truth. Some of us have been so stiff in the same place, we don't even know if God's there anymore. But we know we are. We know I'm still hanging out there. I'm still there. God, seven years, and that's why we pray, God, give me the things of old. I don't want the things of old. God says he's pouring out a new wine on the earth. God says it's a new anointing. It's a new presence. I don't just want the things of old. I want the things of new. I don't want to just sit in where it was. I want to sit in where he's going. You following me today? Sometimes we can sit in something that's so old, and he's not even working in it anymore. And so we got to poke our head out sometimes. We got to get to a place to where we're just looking around like, all right, God, what are you doing now? God, are you still here? God, is this the place you've called me to? Some of us are still sitting in a season God asked us to leave about a year ago. Some of us are still sitting in, in, in things in our lives that we should have gave up whenever we gave our life to Christ to begin with. Some of us are still in relationships that we know we shouldn't be in. Some of us are in financial situations that we know ain't godly. We're just sitting there in it anyway, simply because that's where I've always been. You ever heard the phrase, that's just who I am? This is what I've always done. I hate that. I hate it, God. I hate it. My goodness. Like, if people tell me that, I want to karate chop them in the kneecap. 
It drives me crazy. You know why? Because all we're doing is accepting the mediocrity of our past. I don't want to be in the mediocrity of my past. I want to be in the provision of the God's future for me. So we got to poke our head out. Now, what does that look like? I don't know. Some of us come to church and we want the pastor to tell us everything about where we need to go. Can I tell you, I don't have that answer. I can tell you some formula. I can tell you some things to think about. What does the Bible tell us? What is the Bible telling you about where God is? What is the Bible telling me about God's character? What is the Bible telling me about the love of God? What is the Bible telling me about this? What is the Bible telling me about that? Because here's the thing. Here's what I've learned. A lot of people, we will go to church and we will, man, we will eat the Bible all Sunday, but we don't touch it Monday to Saturday. And then we get mad at God for doing what the Bible has told us he's going to do. And it's just his character, it's just who he is, but we don't understand him. I'm not saying spend six hours a day in the Bible unless God tells you to, but what I am telling you is if we don't read this, we won't know where he's moving. Because we may go and blame. Here's what I hear people attach, well, God told me to, to things that I know God would never tell them to do. You know why? Because they don't know the character of God. They think, God, can I just put this out there like, this ain't easy preaching, but it's, it's good eating. Let's put it that way. The truth is, a lot of us think God's more concerned about our happiness than our holiness. God is way less concerned about you being happy than he is about you being holy. The Bible says the righteous enter the gates of, the, of heaven. The Bible doesn't say the ones that are smiling from ear to ear and have everything that they need and have slept with everyone that they want to and have done this and have done that. No, the Bible says the righteous. Here's the reality. If I'm not living a righteous life, God is going to try to purify me. Why? Because God cares more about who I'm becoming than who I currently am. Impurity sometimes takes pain. And so I've got to, this life that people would have us believe that, oh, once I give my life to God, I get rich and I have this. And I, that's a lie because it makes us focus on happiness. God wants you holy. Get me, not perfect, not put together, but holy. What is holiness? Holiness is doing the things of God the way God wants the things done. It's submitting to God. It's sitting in his presence. It's knowing where he is. It's understanding that the rules and the guidelines and the parameters he put on my life are not to restrict me, but to grow me. It's to make it better. It's to get it there. What do I do? What, do the Bible, what does the Bible say? What does my prayer life say? What is God saying to me in my prayer life? Sometimes we can go, where is God moving? I know where God's moving because I feel him. You're not always going to feel God. You're not always going to feel him, but you can always trust him. What is my prayer life telling me? What am I praying about? Here's, here's, I want to challenge you in your prayer life a little bit. As I challenge me, I've been thinking about this a lot over the past several weeks. If I woke up tomorrow with everything I prayed for today, would it impact anybody other than me? If I woke up tomorrow with everything I prayed for today, would it impact anybody other than me? That's prayer. What is my prayer life telling me? What is, what, is, what is happening? Where is he taking me? What is my worship taking me? Where am, I, where am I going in my worship? We can look out and we can always see where he's moving in that way. And then sometimes we got to get up out of the camp and we got to get our supplies. We got to get everything that was with us in that camp. We got to get everything that we're supposed to get. Because here's the truth. You know, whenever you go camping, you know, whenever you build a, a, a campfire out there, you know, you don't pick up the old wood, right? 
You leave it there and it takes care because it's burned and it's nasty. Some of us are picking up things from a past season, trying to take it into our future season, and God's looking at us going, why don't you just leave it there because it was burned and it's over and it's not supposed to go with you. We can't, drive, we can't drag a past season into a present future, I mean, uh, into the present or the future. We got to leave some things in the back. So I got to learn that sometimes I just got to pack my stuff up, put it on my back, and I got to start walking. I got to start getting to where God is. I got to just start taking a step because sometimes God is going to ask us to do something in our lives, and the only thing we know to do is to take one step in a certain direction. But as long as I do that, God goes, okay, now take another one. And another one, because we never get to a destination without taking a step. Some of us, we got to learn to leave stuff behind. We got to leave our past season. We got to pick it up because some of us are sitting in the thing that God asked us to leave. We're still in the same campsite we were in 25 years ago. We're still sitting in the same bitterness. We're still sitting in the same anger. We're still sitting in the same religion. We're still sitting in the same mindset. We're still sitting in the same habits. We're still sitting at the same campsite. And God's going, no, I need you to pick it up and I need you to go somewhere else. I'm not moving in that anymore. I'm moving over here and if you're camping over there you're missing it are you with me missing it and and and, and my thing is this in in this whole concept is that i gotta learn to move with god if i'm gonna do anything with god pack your stuff up put it in a bag never make it permanent and say god where you move i will go god where you camp i will camp and when it's time to go i'll go I'll do what you need me to do. I'll stop praying for my wife to get better, and I'll start praying that I get better too. I'll stop praying for financial supervision and provision, and I'll learn how to be disciplined in what I got. God, God moves. See, and the thing is, is often we're praying for God to move, but God's never stopped moving. It's not in his character. It's not who he is. Go back all the way. Genesis chapter 1. It says that he was moving over the void. When there was nothing, he was moving. And now that there's something, he's still moving. And when I pray, God, I just wish you'd move in my life. You know what I'm literally saying? God, I wish you'd do what you're already doing. It's not about God moving in your life. It's about you moving to where he is. And sometimes it means leaving things behind that we never should be carrying to begin with. I'm not a big hiker, camper, or anything like that, but Pastor Travis is, and we talk about this stuff, and one of the things that he's taught me for if I ever in my life go camping is that you have to pack light, that if you, the further and the longer the trip, you have to pack lighter, and I'm like, no, 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 I need my, I need my moon pies, and my honey buns, and my coat. He's like, no, see, you got to learn to go without stuff that you like in order to get to where you want to go. He's like, even your tent, Pastor. I'm like, I got to have room. He's like, yeah, you got room to lay down and curl up because the tent has to be light because you're carrying it. Some of us have packed so heavy that we've packed 50 years of hurt into a backpack that we're trying to carry to a destination that God's called us to. Are you with me? Some of us are like, no, I'm good with that. The problem isn't that. The problem is I just don't know how to tell where God's moving. That means that I'm not sitting in his presence enough. And I just want to encourage you today. Today is the day it changes. Come on. 
today is the day it changes. Today, for you watching online, is the day that this pack gets lighter. Today is the day where you refuse to allow fear to dictate your life anymore. Today is the day where freedom takes place. Today is the day in the room to where something shifts. And I'm not camping where God's not, but I'm moving to where He is from this point forward. And I will listen. And I will follow, and I will dig deep, and I won't just wait on a Sunday morning buffet to get me over, but I'll eat of his presence and his goodness every day. Because here's the truth. Listen, I don't want you to walk out of here feeling like, well, I've been camping in the wrong place, and God's just mad at me. No, the great thing about God is he doesn't get mad. He just keeps inviting. He just keeps going, hey, come on over here. Hey, I know you're like 10 miles back, but I'm going to speed your feet up to such a pace that you'll catch up with me quick. Let's go. Come on. So if you're online today or you're in the room, I'm going to ask any of my prayer team that's still here to come and join me at the front for just a minute with hand sanitizer and masks on. We're going to pray with you. But here's the truth. If you're in the room or if you're online and today is the day, you've got to give your life to Jesus. You've never prayed that prayer or you prayed it and you walked away from it on your own accord and you just decided I'm not about that life. But today, God's calling you back. Today is a day of forgiveness and repentance. Today's not a day of perfection. It's a day of relationship. I just, I just want to pray with you if that's you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if today you're in the room and it's the day for salvation for you and you want to pray that prayer with me, would you hold your hand up high so I can see it? If you're online. I want you to pray with me in just a moment and just repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of your love and your goodness. I give you all that I have ever been, all that I currently am, and all that I will ever be. I can't be perfect, but I can be with you. Walk with me as I walk with you. I promise to love you for eternity. The Bible says if we pray that prayer, we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. We shall be saved. And somebody prayed that prayer today, whether it's online or in the room. Would you just give it up and celebrate for somebody that gave their life to Jesus this morning? If you prayed that, I want to ask you, if you're online, to click the link in the, in the chat or text the word CONNECT to 803-205-2487. You can do the same in person or go by the Connect Center and scan that QR code. We have resources for you. We'd love to get you. But right now, I just believe, if you would, just stand to your feet with me in the room. We're going to worship one more time to an oldie but a goodie. But here's the thing. The truth is... I believe as I was preparing this week, the Lord told me there's people that have been camping in the wrong season. They've been camping in the wrong place. And today, I want them to take a step of obedience and do something. Now, I understand COVID, and we're going to take restrictions and protocols, so we're going to wear masks and use hand sanitizer and pray at an arm's length away. But if you're in the room right now, and you just know today is my day of freedom, today is my day to pack my stuff up and start moving with where God is. If today is your day, if that's 
that's you, you can worship during this song, but if it's you, I want you to get up, and I want you to step out of your seat, and I want you to come down here to one of these prayer workers, and let's pray together. Come on, let's worship together as we lift our voice and our hands today. Come on, church.